0: On the show here. Sorry guys. Okay, there we go. Now doing my job. Oh, all the technical equipment is just not my thing. Just let me talk about science and geek stuff. Um, anyway, so this has been a—it's uh, really been an interesting time for me because there've been lots of uh, good things, good change, and then lots of things. Um, you know, it's—it's it's always interesting when you're spending more time at home and more time. It's not alone. My husband and I both work at home, but you know we've got the dog. So it's really kind of this nice experience, but um, it has created so much change in um, my business and in the direction of my business and um, the ability to see more clients. And I'm still bringing on clients. You know, this is a time where um, a lot of people are kind of stuck. And I, I hate to hear that and I hate to see that um, uh, I have really wanted to make a make um, make it make sure that I don't get stuck and so I've been just as busy as I have been if I'm just seeing clients all the time I mean my caseload is not what it used to be but that's okay because it's led given me time to learn more it's given me time to create um, programs and create courses, which I'm super excited about, is creating these courses to help um, more people and get, get the word out out there when it comes to truth about health and truth about nutrition and the truth about, you know, our lifestyle and, and you know, n- not be fooled by the things that we see on the internet. And, you know, it's the... Um, those are the things that become really confusing when we have something that we're dealing with and we don't really we you know, go to the internet and then we read all of these things. We have and it just scares us to pieces and we don't know what it is or why it is. And then what, what's the fix and what's not the fix. And you have all of these differing opinions. And that's why I love so much what I do because I work really hard so I can find the answers or at least have the answers. Hopefully the most recent cutting edge answers because what we know is science change, changes. Um, but I want to take the confusion out of health and wellness and food, you know, food. Oh my gosh. That's why I want to talk about food today because food is this amazing thing. You know, it's dogs and food. God gave us these two gifts that are just the most beautiful things in the world and it's dogs and food. And I just, I just love it. And I think it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we have, that would be another thing that I'm grateful for today is being Is Well, for food, for one, just this amazing thing. But the ability to kind of go and play with it and experiment with it. You know, we are in a situation where we don't have any choice but to cook or eat from home. And, you know, hopefully we're making some good choices, some better choices. I know that our food choices in our home are really good. Um, I have made it such a focus um, since probably the beginning of the year to really – expand my the amount of vegetables that i'm taking in and making sure that i'm eating vegetables at every single meal breakfast included and make sure that there's some vegetables in there and i want to get it you know kind of dig into the reason why because there's a lot of science to why we want to have a lot of diversity in our food but especially in our vegetables but um i have over this time created this this um new found love for mushrooms of all things. And so you can go to the store and they have these amazing mushrooms that are big and beautiful and meaty, um, or all of these, I, I don't even know the names of all of them because they're most of them I hadn't heard of before, but they're so scrumptious and you, they're almost, you can almost use them like meat. And for somebody like my husband, who's like, I hate mushrooms, leave mushrooms out of my meal. He's eating them with me every day, not every day, that's too much, but, um, <laughs> But we're having a ton of fun with, um, you know, a little bit of experimenting, cooking things that we hadn't cooked before, taking the time to to have some fun with it. So, you know, as sort of, you know, in most cases the eternal optimist, um, I wanna take this, this time and make as much out of it and make it as good as I can and as fun as I can because what I am, am hoping for is when we come on the other side of all of this, then what's gonna happen is, you know, things will be different, fine, but I will not have stopped and I will keep moving and keep going and keep transitioning. You know, it's this, this time is about transition and innovation and, um, and just doing what we can with it, whether it's with food or our work or with our family or whatever it is for you, take it and make the most out of it. Um, that is, and meditate okay we did some meditation um for our for the last show we also with all of this have lots of angst and um i know i talk to people who are you know constantly playing out what are the potential ramifications what are they're telling themselves these stories that we have no idea what the story is going to be right we're in it right now we're not in it yet tomorrow right or even in five minutes we're in it right now we got to make the most of right now and do our best to stop those wheels turning from and 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 creating these stories when we don't know what it's going to be right we are here to create our own story um let's create our own story and and be grateful in what we have um and you know i maybe am being a little overly optimistic but i don't really care because that's where i want to be um and so have fun with it. Have fun with, um, with your food, have fun with your family. We are coming to an end. I fully believe that that's the case and I'm excited about it. And so I really wanted to talk about, um, food and kind of dig into the science of food and why it's important to, um, to eat good food. You know, we hear that, but what is good food and why is it good food? And so um we'll get into well, I want to kind of just dig into some science. You know, we do a little bit of that here and we have some fun, but I want to kind of go into some of the science and and hopefully have a little bit of fun with it. Um well, at least I'll have fun with it cuz this is what I do. <laughs> so, um okay, so our world, we are in a place where and not even just now, although it's, you know, elevated at this point, but hey Ray, um at, you know, right now we're living in a place where there's a lot of fear, there's stress, there's, anxi- there's anxiety, um, but there's also, there's fatigue, um, there's brain fog, and there's chronic va- pain and some lack of motivation and all of these things that happen and we want to know why is it happening? Um, and could it be our food? Well, the answer is, yeah, it can be a lot of things, but the food's a big part of it. So that's why, you know, as a functional nutritionist, I'm looking at not just food, it's a huge part of what I do, but I'm looking at um, lifestyle and family dynamics and toxic burden and um, movement, you know, too much movement or too little movement. Um, we're looking at sleep and we're looking at stress and we're looking at everything genetics, we're running labs, everything that we can to get a really good, clear picture of what it looks like to be in this person's body and why some things might be, you know, maybe for lack of a better word, malfunctioning. That's kind of what it is. And we'll dig more into that as well. But, um, you know, we have, we stopped listening to our body. And this is a really, really important thing back, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions of years ago, whatever it might be, um, you know, that's how we knew how to, how to take care of ourselves was if we had a pain, we listen to our body and we knew what to do for it. And we didn't just ignore it or cover it up, right? So it's all about balance. It's about bringing the body back to balance. It's about about, um, balance and exercise. It's about balance and sleep and about balance and stress. Stress in situations can be motivational and can be good, right? It can get us up off of our tail and go and create courses when you need to, right? Um, these things can be good, but it's when we get in this place of this, just this chronic chronic stress is where it can be inflammatory and where it can be, uh, create a problem. And then once that happens, then things start to go haywire. So we want to talk about, um, you know, a lot of the things that we deal with as a society, both now as well as when we are in a normal place and what we might be able to do, do for us, um, for ourselves, for our families, and something that I keep saying with with the situation that we're in now is taking care of ourselves now, because if we're taking care of ourselves, then we're taking care of our families if we're taking care of our families. We're taking care of our community. Right. And so it spreads. And if we have the knowledge to care for ourselves, to care for our family, to, to, to listen to the signs and the symptoms in our body, you know, knocking on that door and saying, hey, there's something going on. Um, and, you know, if, if we have that, that knowledge, then we know how to seek answers, how to find balance. And that just spreads. Really, it spreads throughout um, our community. And, uh, you know, the fact that we're all so connected energetically, and I know for some that sounds totally woo-woo. It used to sound woo-woo to me, too, but it's absolutely true. We are all energy Um, From a molecular level, we are all energy and we're all connected uh, by energy. And so, um, you know, what we do doesn't only affect us, it affects, it's it's a ripple effect. It really is. So um, I want to start with kind of what's called the functional medicine tree. And so, um, I want to be clear that I am not a physician. I think you know if you've seen this before, you know that. So I talk about uh, functional medicine, but I'm a functional nutritionist. So functional nutritionist functional nutrition is based in the science of functional medicine. Um, I've been through uh, uh, the Institute for Functional Medicine and their courses, um, and continuing to do so as as I can and as time allows um but it's it's an amazing organization um treating uh, 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 uh teaching uh really true amazing cutting-edge medicine that trickles down right to nutrition um and it's all based around nutrition that's the key right is functional medicines so much of it's based around nutrition and there's i wish i could show you this but i'm not going to but i want to uh i want to expand it so i can tell you that when it comes to the functional medicine tree Um, which was developed through um, the Institute for Functional Medicine. At the root, that's what we look at. As we look at the root cause of any condition um, or any symptom, and we don't say, okay, we need to take this and we need to go and cover it up with whatever it is. I'm not saying that medicine is a bad thing, that drugs are a bad thing, that sometimes um, in acute situations that drugs aren't necessary, because they absolutely are. Um, But when we're looking at chronic conditions, Um, Most of the time it's due to an imbalance, so we need to find what that is. And that's what the job is of somebody like me and somebody in functional nutrition and, and functional medicine. Let's look at the underlying cause of what's going on. And so these underlying causes, if we're looking at the root of the tree... Sleep and relaxation, right? Are we getting enough sleep? Are we relaxing or are we stressed and we can't sleep and we keep waking up all night long? Puts an amazing amount of pressure on the body um, and can be inflammatory or will be inflammatory, really. Exercise and movement. Um, Exercise too little exercise, which I'm afraid is sort of a lot of our situations right now. You know, we were in a really great place where we're moving um, and going to the gym and doing our um, you know, our workouts, you know, regularly. And now it's like, okay, work out at home. Well, that doesn't, I can, I work really well from home. I don't work out well. (laughs) at Um, but I do, we do walk the dogs more. So that's good. So we are moving, moving, but goodness gracious, I'm ready to get back into the gym. Let me tell you. So the time's coming. Um, but also too much exercise. So when I go to the gym, there are people who I know are there hours every day. Um, or your elite athletes who are training for hours and hours every day. I think for a lot of people that can also be a problem. The body's not meant for that much uh, strain and stress. So something to keep in mind, I've had clients who I've had to tell them, let's back off the, the, the workouts or the bike rides or whatever it may be just a little bit because we're not, we're not getting enough control over whatever the situation is. Um, nutrition and hydration, another root cause, right? If you're eating the right foods or if you're eating the wrong foods, it's gonna affect all the the leaves and the limbs, right? And then water, water is amazingly important and we don't drink enough of it. Figure out what it takes for you to drink your water um, as often as possible. I'm on my sweet husband about this constantly. Coffee is his water and <laughs> for the love of Pete, I'm working on him every day. Maybe not every day. <laughs> he might leave me <laughs> if I nag too much. But <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. Stress and resilience. Okay. So, again, goes back to, um, you know, a lot of what we're dealing with now. There's a lot of stress and a lot of fear. Let's try to, um, uh, you know, do the meditation. Lots of prayer. You know, I, I've said this before. and That's why I start this show with gratitude. You know, I try to. The first thing I do as soon as I get up in the morning um, is go in and I do my meditation and I do my prayer and I do my Bible study and I do my journaling and my gratitude and all of these things to kind of set the day off and to, to start the day being thankful and prayerful and, and, uh, appreciate wherever things are, appreciate what, what, what I have. Um, relationships and networks right so those are all really important if they are bad relationships if they're detrimental if we don't have the supportive networks it's going to be inflammatory because it creates stress trauma interesting thing about trauma is i have um i have a piece of software um, again developed through the institute for functional medicine but it, it you know it's it's incredibly con- comprehensive and what it does is you know after a client fills everything out it puts together this really pretty timeline and I can look at the timeline and there have been a number of cases where somebody says okay there's a day I can I know specifically when this started happening and these symptoms started happening and we can look in the time at the timeline and there was maybe a trauma um, whether physical mental emotional some kind of trauma that created sort of this domino effect. And we can dig into that a little bit and you know, talk a little bit about epigenetics. And so epigenetics, so if we have our genome, um, our genetic makeup, right? So our skin color doesn't typically change. Um, that is what's considered our genome. We have, in simplistic terms, the epigenome is on top of, right? So it's locations on our genes that have the ability to switch on and off. And these are all due to, they're all lifestyle factors. Um, And so, you know, all of these things that we're talking about, the root causes, have the potential of changing our epigenome and changing um, for the good or potentially creating disease. So just because, this is why when, um, you know, it's on my website and places, we do have control over our genetic destiny because just, you know, because heart disease runs in the family, we have control over that. It doesn't mean that um, we, you know, if we continue to eat poorly and and don't know our bodies and what our bodies need, sure, if we have a tendency toward heart disease, that could happen. But if we know our bodies, if we eat well, we eat lots of vegetables, we do these things, you know, the meditation and the prayer and, you know, a, a, a holistic approach to health and wellness, that doesn't have to be our end, heart disease, right? So um, we we can live a good long Hopefully long, uh, but at least a full healthy life uh, by 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 um, addressing the lifestyle factors okay um, microorganisms this is <laughs> this is the nerd in me because this is one of my favorites. Um, microorganisms can be good or bad, so we'll talk a little bit about the the microbiome, but our microbiome is essentially the bugs on us and in us um, they are the Um, you know, for the most part, they control our, so much of our mental and our emotional health, our personality, um, our immune system, you know, our microbiome is upwards of 70% of our immune system. Our microbiome uh, produces 90% of our serotonin, which is our happy neurotransmitter. So we have um, our microbiome, we're just bug carriers. It's really all our little body is, is a bug carrier, but we want to keep these bugs happy. Um, and so uh, we have, if you then we you know break it up into pieces, and we have say our you know gut microbiota and our oral microbiota. And so you know then we, if we were to kind of go on the other side, these are the good bugs. Then we have the bad bugs. These are the infections or the yeast infections or potentially parasites. I've seen clients with amoebas. Um, you know, and you know, some of these guys can trigger autoimmune diseases. And so these are the things we want to be really, really aware of. We want to know the good bugs and we want to know the bad bugs and then how to handle them both. And then of course, environmental pollutants and toxicants. Um, we have so much of this in our environment and it's really heartbreaking. And You know, my, my husband's family, they're all from Kansas and it's, it, it's beautiful for what it is right it's all open it's fields especially when it's in the the summer and you've got the golden wheat and the green corn um but the heartbreak is it's all genetically modified and it's all covered in pesticides and herbicides and so we're driving through kansas and as beautiful and open as it is it's probably just incredibly toxic and it's heartbreaking um and i i I feel for the um for the farmers um I don't need to go too deep into that, but it's a, you know, it's a tough, tough place to be. So, so that is um, what we want to talk about as far as I got my little cheat sheet notes here. Um, So that's what I want to talk. So I want to dig in a little bit about, you know, talk about inflammation because we need to understand some of these things to understand the foods that are going to be beneficial or maybe not beneficial. And so when we talk about inflammation, probably first i need to i need to stop and take a break um and talk about uh one of my sponsors so uh, my apologies i just get to talking get all excited about talking and i forget about the the important stuff so um company called Rightful, they're a great company uh they have plant-based nutrients um that are beneficial for multiple things so it started out as a pain management uh, type of supplement. So it's based in coconut milk. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a curcumin or turmeric uh, is the, is sort of the key component as far as the anti-inflammatory or in the pain management. Um, but they have uh, like ashwagandha to support the adrenal glands and to, to help you to feel, um, you know, normal and focused. And, and there are, you know, like in the evening, um, evening, there are two, sorry, there's a morning in the evening and there's poppy to help you help you with some sleep. But anyway, it's gone from this—you know—just a uh, just an ant- just a, a pain supplement, which takes you know it can take a month or two months or so for it to really start to kick in. But it works really well. Um, to to now, people are noticing calm and ease and focus and better sleep and all of these other other uh, things that go along with it because it's such a, an amazing combination of nutrients. So, I. Have really enjoyed it. I love it. I'm sleeping well, and sleeping deep, um, and I do. I feel really focused during the day, and that's where I have issues. Is I kind of go all over the place, right? Um, and so uh, this has helped me to to feel really focused. And it's only been a couple of months, um, but I am uh, I'm grateful to have found it, and 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 grateful to be able to talk a little bit about it here. So uh good company you can go to the website uh rightful.com you can put in the code TLN20 and you can get a discount so all right let's move on into talking a little bit about inflammation what it is um, i won't spend a lot of time here uh, but you know we have we have the inflammatory process for a reason it's normal it's natural you have a you know a cut you have the inflammatory process that comes in and helps to, to, to heal it, but then you have to have the inflammatory cas- the anti-inflammatory cascade come in to help squash that fire. And so what can happen is when this is, it, it becomes not acute in the sense of a cut or something like that, but then it becomes chronic. And so that chronic um, inflammatory process is when it just has kind of gotten, well, not kind of, but it's gotten out of control and the body reacts. And so when this happens, um, you just think of it as a fire, right? And so this fire is creating, um, creating such an issue in the body. and We got to figure out what it's coming from. So that's why, you know, when it comes to when I'm looking at um, testing, and I, you know, I'm testing for the microorganisms. You know, so often um, that's what we find is there's some kind of infection that's that is is creating this inflammatory process, and then creating whatever. Uh, symptoms are are happening or whatever disease process. Um, So, you know, this is, again, when there's inflammation, inflammation can look like fatigue. It can look like brain fog. It can look like depression, anxiety, pain, joint pain, um, gut pain. It can look like, uh, well, all of these things, lack of motivation, right? Um, that's what inflammation can look like. And I think it's can, it can be different for a lot of people. You know, we can have two people with the same condition, but they have different symptoms in some cases. So we got to understand what's happening. And so another thing that can be inflammatory, though, is going to be, um, uh, and I don't know if I said this, uh, but inflammation, think of it as fire. So there's like a little smoldering fire that is just, just creating this constant heat, right? So inflammation is at the cellular level, but it's just creating this constant heat um, that is that is that the body doesn't like. So it, it creates an immune response. Um, so when we talk about toxic overload, my goodness, this is where we go back to the food that we eat when it's covered in pesticides and herbicides. So it's already been shown that the pesticides and herbicides create what's called leaky gut. If you haven't heard the term, it's when the cells in the gut come apart and there are nutrients, there are um, bugs, yeast, uh, foods, larger food particles that, that that move into the bloodstream too early. And so the body doesn't recognize it. It's an immune response. Um, it creates an inflammatory response. And then here we go with potentially autoimmune disease, right? And so... Um, you know pesticides and herbicides another thing we have to think of, especially with pesticides if it's killing bugs on plants outside what's it going to do to your microbiome it's going to kill the bugs right so it disrupts our microbiome they're also hormone disruptors so when it comes to they're called xenoestrogens and so this will go for um, the chemicals we use <clears throat> excuse me in our yard that's on our food that's um, uh, that we clean with that we put on our body you know all of these chemicals that are not Good and I'm going to say natural, but I truly mean natural, not a marketing natural, which is a gimmick. But truly good, healthy natural products. So these chemicals, um, they're called xenoestrogens, and what they do is they bind to estrogen receptor sites, and so they bind really tightly, so it doesn't allow our normal estrogen, our our, our innate estrogen, to do its job. Um, so it creates this massive hormone uh, 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 disruption for both men women kids it's a problem um and so you know for women you know specifically i have had a couple of clients who have just had severe pmdd um and it's a it's a it's a situation instead of pms it's a situation where there are bouts of just um rage it's uncontrollable rage or uncontrollable sadness um, and it's hard on them, but it's hard on the family. Um, and it's, it's not a pretty thing. So these are things, you know, when we have, again, these are signs and symptoms when we have, you know, PMS is not supposed to be awful, naturally. It's not supposed to be an awful thing, you know, with lots of pain. I mean, I have had clients, the pain put them in the hospital. I mean, it's heartbreaking what, what can happen with some of these, 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 these clients when, when they, and this is a monthly situation. It's, it's terrible. But you got to find the people who can help you with that. There's somebody who's going to be able to help you with that um, be, because it's not normal. It's not okay. Um, so let's see. The pesticides and the herbicides in our food um, also can create a burden on our liver. Um, some people don't detoxify these things well. There are certain genetics, um, SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms you may hear, or you may just hear polymorphism that don't allow the liver to detoxify pesticides and herbicides properly there's some snips that don't allow the for the to- detoxification of mercury po- properly um there's uh, millions of snips that are at work every day and they change minute by minute or hour by hour or day by day that's they're constantly changing and this is something we're still learning about um and it's a uh, it's it's um, it's an interesting and beautiful science, but we have so much to learn still. And I'm just in all, in all of those who, who are on the, the, the forefront of learning um, about the genetics and the, the, our epigenome. And, you know, this is where we start to get into what's truly personalized medicine and personalized nutrition and working to help the individual and not everybody like they're the same person because we're not – we're all biochemically unique. You know, even if we have a twin, we live in the same household, we are bio- biochemically unique and we respond to different things differently. So environmental factors and, and stresses, you know, we're totally different. So um, it's something to, to really keep in mind, which is why when I work with clients, I've never done a protocol that's the same. It makes it a lot harder but it also makes it a lot more uh, beneficial and it it works better if I'm working with the individual and not with the whole group of people um, with the same protocol. Not that I don't work with groups, it's just different, right? Anyway, side note. Um, Okay, so um, let's see, let's skip that. I wanna talk, I wanna go into a little bit deeper into um, the toxic burden that our skincare products can create. So this is something that we don't always think about. Um because we you know, we just we've been washing our hair and using soap and all of these things for so long and how can it be bad? But um it is it 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 is. I mean oh, this is what gets me and I used to be a perfume wearer, but perfume, perfume and cologne just don't do it if you do it just stop (laughs) so you're putting it on your skin you're smelling it in it's going in your body going in your lungs it's it's it is a nasty chemical i i don't i don't even i swear if i go into it which is pretty rare these days but go into a department store and i go and i go buy that section it, it really almost makes me sick to my stomach it's so overwhelming the smells of of the perfumes and the colognes. And I, I just I just have to hold my breath because I know I'm just breathing in this massive toxic load. Um, but, you know, do essential oils. They don't last as long, but they're therapeutic and they're nice and they're fun and they're great. So essential oils are, are, I think they're a great alternative and they are, and be careful with the, you know, just going to a store and grabbing them. You know, you gotta be really careful with the ones that you, um, are using because some of them are good and some of them aren't especially if you're taking them internally so you you know the I, I'll just tell you that the two that I like I personally use doTERRA um, I don't sell much of it really because I don't know enough about it to sell I just like it um, Young Living is a good one too those are the only two that truly I would say are the better are, are the ones that are recommended um, as far as I know but again that that's not my world I know people if you have questions about it I know where to send you to um, but, um, anyway, so, um, you know, the, the, all of these lotions that, you know, like, um, uh, Neutrogena, I hope I don't get in trouble for that. I actually don't know. Um, it's, it's just not good. It is in, especially like there's sunscreens. That's a whole other topic, but, um, things like that, you got, you you know, be so careful, read the ingredients, read the labels, go to, uh, go to, um, environmentalworkinggroup.com. If I have a question about a product, I put in ewg.com and then whatever that product or that um, the ingredient is, whether it's food or body care or a chemical, you know, a a cleaner in the house, something like that. And it'll come up and it'll give you so much information. It'll rate it and you'll know exactly what you're putting on or in your body or in your environment. So um, Environmental Working Group is an amazing resource. Um, I use them all the time. So go to the Environmental Working Group. Consider what you're putting on your floors. If you have kiddos, if you have dogs and cats, you know they're always on the floor. Their noses are close to the floor. You know the incidence of cancer in our animals is increasing exponentially. And um, obviously, if you've paid attention to the show or my Facebook groups, um, our Facebook lives, you know, you know, dog health. I am such a promote, proponent for caring for our dogs the way that we care for our family because they are our family. Um, And cats too. I'm just kind of a dog person, but you know, feeding them real food, feeding them real raw food, um, and and you know what actually comes out of the refrigerator. You know, people are like, "Wait, you're talking about human food? I don't feed my animals human human food. I feed them food. I don't. I eat food. I don't eat human food. So, but you know, there are things that they should have, things they shouldn't. So it's you know, you want to be aware of what that is. But that's why I do what I do. So I can help you to know what it is that you should be feeding your dog. Um, And so I'm just going to throw out my own little, you know, um, uh, uh, what's my word? Um, Promotion, I suppose. So every day at 4 o'clock Mountain, um, I do a Facebook Live called Real Raw Health. And uh, Matt Rowe and I talk about dog food and feeding our dogs real food. We also talk a lot about human food and human nutrition. Um, Okay, so moving on. Um, I want to hit we talked a lot about stress already I don't know that I need to say more except this is the thing that gets me um, that I took away from I did a a, a conference that was a a brain chemistry conference and the biggest thing it was so intense Um, and that's certainly uh, it was over my head but I loved it Um, but the thing that I took away from it is stress shrinks the brain so think about that for a minute. If you're chronically stressed it's shrinking your brain okay so I don't know if I need to say more than that except it's that important to make sure you're managing your stress levels um, daily daily we have to do it daily all right Um, sleep is such a tough one Um, sleep is just tough because so many things can interfere with sleep but i think if we we have the ability if we if we're looking at so if we're looking at the root cause if we're looking at the tree and we're understanding what are what's going on in our lives and what's going on um uh in our body and in our environment and we we start to address those and then you know you know hopefully the sleep starts to get better and if not then that's when it's time to see somebody who maybe can help you. You know, is there something going on? Are there nutrient deficiencies? Are there uh, neurotransmitter uh, you know, imbalances? Whatever the case may be, um, you know, sleep is a tough one and lots of, lots of people aren't getting enough sleep and it is inflammatory and really hard on the body. Um, so I think I wanna take a quick break and uh, let you know first, This is KUHS, Denver Streaming Live. It's a great station. Um, Top, one of the top in the country. So uh, good stuff, good station, good people. Say hi to Henry when you get a chance. Um, And then uh, our next sponsor is going to be a company. um, And I see Marva, you're on there. You know Zymogen. Zymogen's a great company. Um, They have great products. Um, And so I appreciate a company, just like Rightful, who 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 does they they do the hard work right they do the hard work to to have science behind their products they have the best products they possibly can they don't put out trash they support the practitioners the practitioners support the clients and the patients and i just appreciate them for for who they are and for what they do so um i pick, i chose this product i5 today because it's kind of an all-encompassing uh, product and it's really good for people with some chronic issues um but it it does i mean you can see here it supports body composition and immune function and i don't have to read them all to you but um it's a great product so you can go to my website tastelifenutrition.com um there's a whole scripts tab so zymogen their ordering company is whole scripts um and you can put in the code radio5 and get a discount there you can um you know you can do the i5 or you know lots they have a an amazing line of immune boosting, boosting products, as well as all of these other things that I don't have time to get into, but, um, great company. So we hit a little bit on the microbiome and the importance of the microbiome in, in our health and in our, um, our mental and our emotional health. And make, we need to make sure that it is, And so what does it look like? What happens when it's it's not in balance? Well, so we have our good, healthy bugs, and then we have what's called opportunistic bugs, and then we have pathogenic bugs. And so um, the opportunistic, I always call them guys, but the opportunistic guys are always, they're usually there naturally, um, but... Uh, they're 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 controlled by the good bugs, right? So they're you know they have their their place and they're doing their thing and everything's fine as long as the good bugs are um, robust, okay? And then we have the pathogenic bugs. So those are the guys that just aren't supposed to be there um, and create lots of problems and have the potential of triggering autoimmune diseases, um, you know, chronic pain, things like that, um, chronic GI issues. So then what can happen is if we have too many of the bad bugs, the pathogenic guys, and then we cre- it ends up creating an imbalance with the good bugs, and then that's when these opportunistic guys have the ability to um, you know get out of whack and so it's kind of this 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 cycle where you know things once they start getting out of whack and we don't start to bring it back to balance, it has the potential of just kind of cycling out of control. Now, it doesn't always happen. Um, you know, if we are, you know, eating fermented foods and, and you know, if we're taking probiotics and, you know, eating prebiotics, prebiotics are what feed our probiotics. So it's food that feeds the bugs. Um, then, you know, those are the things that, um, you know, it, it it can balance itself out, right? It has the ability to balance itself out. But if, if, if it doesn't, then that's when we need to, um, Hey guys, Steve, what's up Steve? Chris Murray, how are you? Um, so uh, so we wanna make sure that that stays in balance. So that's why, and I, I'm just gonna talk about a little bit because p- most of you will probably just gross out, but it is what it is. So <laughs> the tests that I run on every client that I have because it gives me so much information, and that's my goal. When I'm testing, I wanna get the most information for the least amount of money. Uh, Right. So, you know, I I don't upcharge for labs um, because I think they're so important. They help give me guidance. But the one that I run, there are a couple, actually, but I always, always run a stool test on clients because it's going to tell me so much about what's going on. Um, The good bugs, the bad bugs, parasites, like I said, amoebas um, and, you know, gut inflammation and gut health and gut immunity and so many things. Um, this is sort of where I geek out because it's just super fun. Lab piece of it is um, it's 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 amazing to see on paper. It's that's how the body's really talking to me. So when I talk about the body talking to each of us, we're talking about you know the signs and the symptoms and you know if we're aging too early or you know whatever the case may be. But having your body talk to me on paper is just super cool, and so it gives it gives so much guidance on what we need to do to create a protocol for you or if we just need to send you to your doctor because that can be, that can, that can happen as well. So, um, super important to understand that the microbiome is, um, it's a huge part of, like I said, the immune system, the endocrine system, the nervous system, the circulatory system, um, respiratory, reproductive, integumentary, which is of course our skin. Um, it's, it is a huge part of us. Like I said, we are just bug carriers. And so that's why it's so important to eat the right foods in order to make sure that we are, um, we're feeding the bugs properly. And the biggest thing, you know, when I talk about um, vegetables and why vegetables are so important is because vegetables have those fibers and sugars um, that feed our microbiome, feed our, our gut bacteria, all of the good guys. And so the wider the variety, our vegetable intake, the wider variety, our gut microbiome, which is a good thing. So I have often had clients come to me, especially those who are working out all the time and just really just trying to be as healthy as possible. But they come to me and say, well, I eat chicken breast and broccoli and rice every day, because that's the best thing for me. And it's just not your body will revolt against you saying, I need something new. I can't stand this anymore. You know, I had a client yesterday who, um, the sensitivity test came back um, highly sensitive to chicken. He's like, what, I eat chicken every day. I'm like, okay, (laughs) there you go. No more needed to be said. So um, anyway, you know, um, where was I going with that? Oh, the wider the variety of our, our, our vegetables and our fruit, right, but really focus on vegetables and eat some fruit Um, the wider the variety and the more diverse our gut microbiome. So what I would challenge you to is when you go to the store, purchase something that you haven't purchased before. You know, something that I don't do enough of are root vegetables. Really, really supportive of our microbiome. And so my favorite thing, especially during the winter, but probably all the time, but taking those root vegetables. So think, you know, um, turnips and rutabaga and fennel. Oh, roasted fennel is like the best thing in the world. Um, Sweet potatoes. If you've never had a white or purple sweet potato, I'm telling you, go out and get it right now because it is heaven. It's like, it's already buttered and there's no butter on it. Um, Anyway, but all of these things, um, you know, celery root is sort of a new one for me too. Um, But put them, you know, chop them up, stick them in the oven in avocado oil, not olive oil. Don't cook with olive oil. And a little salt if you want to add, you know, some sage or some rosemary, all are amazing things. And it's heaven and do lots of it. So then you'll have it for a couple of days or three days or whatever it is. Or you can feed a large family, um, you know, make it work for you. But that's what I enjoy. Um, And so you're getting all, you know, you're you're diversifying your foods. And then if you're making a salad, all kinds of different foods, um, you know, different vegetables in there. So don't just do a couple of lettuces and some tomatoes right? You really want to do smaller amounts of lots of things. You really want to diversify. And that's what makes it fun too, right? I mean, food should be fun. Um, you know, I, we, so many of us have a, have kind of a unhealthy relationship with food and I get it. Um, but as we're talking, there's, it's hard to have an unhealthy relationship with vegetables unless you just don't like them, which I know someone who's that way. So we're working on that. Um, but, um, Yes, diversify your foods. Also, um, I think that a good one or a good thing to keep in mind are fermented foods. Now, caveat to that, there are certain people with certain conditions that can't do fermented foods or even raw vegetables, right? But those are things that's when we're out of balance and we got to deal with it and bring it back to balance and then we can bring those things back in. So... But you know, for most of us, you know, making your own sauerkraut—it's water and salt and cabbage, and you put it in a jar and you let it sit for a couple of weeks. I mean, it's like the easiest thing in the world, um, and it it creates this uh, creates all of these good, healthy bugs that are beneficial for us. So play with something like that. Um, you know, kombucha for some is good. It's also made with tea, so tea has caffeine in it. So you want to be aware of the caffeine if you're not sleeping. Um, There's kombucha with coconut water now, too, which uh, there are a couple that I found that I really like. Um, My favorite, I'll just say it is GT's. Good stuff. Um, What else do we want to talk about? Let's talk about, so I'd say, um, oh, there's some other ones. Like, you know, miso is a great one. Um, Of course, if you heat it, you're going to kill the bugs. But miso is a good, healthy Fermented soy product, right? So if we're going to do soy food, we want it to be, or soy beans, we want it fermented. I don't believe that edamame is necessarily healthy. I don't believe um, that um, we should do soy milk and soy, all of these soy proteins and things. It's, I think it's a really bad idea. But um, organic fermented soy products, uh, tamari, I love, uh, miso, natto, things like that. Those are Those are good options as far as soy is concerned. Um, let's see, what else do we want to talk about? Um, I think that's it as far as that's concerned. So I want to dig in, um, to just kind of dig into food, right? So I know we're starting to talk more and more about food, but the, you know, the, the things that are so beneficial to us and why, so we've heard of, you know, phytonutrients and we've heard of, um, uh, uh, you know things like DIM. Maybe you haven't heard of DIM. So DIM is in cruciferous vegetables, um, and it's a really interesting nutrient because it does a couple of things besides it's just healthy. But it um, it helps our phase one liver detoxification, so it supports the liver, um, and it can be really good for say women who aren't uh, uh, eliminating their estrogen properly, or men. And uh, so it's really, it's also um, an anti-cancer, has anti-cancer properties. So, um, cruciferous vegetables being broccoli, uh, cauliflower, kale, um, why aren't more coming to me right now? Uh, Bok choy, I have my cheat sheet. Uh, Bok choy, cabbage, Brussels sprouts. Mmm, love Brussels sprouts. Can't wait to eat lunch now. Um, and then what else do we have? Uh, you know, you, you've got your, your all of your phytonutrients that are in your bright, colorful vegetables. So it's not, you know, we hear this over the years, you know, eat a wide variety, eat the rainbow kind of thing. But it's so true. We have to because they all have different components and we need all of these different components for a good, healthy, robust body, immune system, um, our skin, you know, healthy weight, all of those things. Um, okay. I'm going to pass on some of this stuff. I could literally go on some of this stuff forever, but I want to hit on meat. Meat is an important, uh, I think meat and fat actually. Um, what do we do first? Let's, let's talk about fat first. Um, because I think it kind of leads into meat. And so fat is there, there's our good fats and our bad fats. And so one of the things that I want to say first and foremost, because this is such a sad I was gonna say misconception. It's not even a misconception. It is really bad marketing, mean marketing. I could go further as far as I'm concerned. But we what we are hearing and have heard for years now is that canola oil is a healthy oil. It's heart healthy, right? Well, so it is incredibly inflammatory. I mean, it's it's awful and it breaks my heart because we are we're telling some people some professions are telling cardiovascular patients that the best thing for them is to eat canola oil and it's making them worse so don't fall for a lot of these these this the marketing and you know you know i think lobbyists have their place but when it comes to things like canola oil um you know it's 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 a killer it is so just don't do it that um anything that's trans fats you know these fake butters makes me crazy um vegetable oils Corn oil, cotton seed oil all are terrible, genetically modified, um, pesticides, herbicides, and uh, they are processed in a way that it 's high in toxins it 's awful you know if they weren 't shelf sta- if they weren 't processed the way they are they wouldn 't be shelf stable stable, and they sit on the shelf for sometimes years, okay, not normal. This is not normal. Think about the Twinkie, think about the mcdonald 's hamburger they sit there for years. This is not normal food it 's certainly not okay. So what we have when it comes to fat, um, real quick, is we have, um, and it's part of the the inflammatory, the, the, the pro-inflammatory and the anti-inflammatory process. But part of fat are essential fatty acids. So we have omega-3 fatty acids and we have omega-6 fatty acids. And we hear about these because we have fish oil is high in omega-3. So fish oil, omega-3 is... Anti-inflammatory and omega six is inflammatory, but both are important. We have to have that balance. We always have to have that balance, right? But what happens is in our our world is we have too much omega six and not enough omega three. But it's not also not okay just to take pills and pills and pills of omega three fatty acid because we it can always go the other direction. But earlier when I was talking about the 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 need for the 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 pro-inflammatory process to come in to heal that cut, well, that's true, we need that, and that's why that omega-6 is important, but then we have to have the omega-3, start that anti-inflammatory cascade to to squash that fire, right? And so that fire that we're talking about with chronic inflammation is too much omega-6, in part, anyway, we have too much omega-6 going on, and so we don't have the we don't have enough of the of the the anti-inflammatory to come in to squash the fire. So we have this, you know, start, this is what's starting that chronic inflammation or that chronic fire. So kind of moving on into meat, that's where we can talk about. And I'm just going to talk about cows, but we can talk about all of our farm animals essentially. But cows are grass animals. They are meant to eat grass their entire life. They're not meant for grain or corn. Or chicken poop. Yes, there was a time. I don't know if they still do it, but they were being fed chicken poop because farmers were over, or ranches were overloaded with chicken poop. I guess I don't don't really know who thought about that idea, but um, not the best idea I've ever heard. So, um, what we do with our conventional animals is we take them off of grass and we put them into the feedlot and shoot them up with all kinds of stuff and antibiotics and all of the things. And we put them on, um, We they might be put on growth hormones, but they're in small quarters and they're put on food that their body is not supposed to eat. So we probably can all agree that our bodies are not supposed to eat McDonald's every day, right? That's what's happening. So they're creating a fat animal. Think about the marbling, right? The marbling is okay to an extent, but when we start to, to, increase that omega-6 it's it becomes an inflammatory fat and there's too much of it so you have an inflamed obese animal and there's a component called if you if you go to the gym much or if you're into working out it's a conjugated linoleic acid or cla for short and you take it for body composition it's a great thing and we it's natural in 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 animal muscle tissue but you take them off grass within two weeks that cla is gone and so an animal on grass has a balance of omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids. It has lots of healthy uh, body composition CLA, or body composition promoting CLA, anyway. Um, and it it is a healthy animal for us to eat. But we take them and you put them over here and the conventional animal is not a healthy animal to eat. So you got to understand that those things that are in... The, the All of this inflammation, this obesity, and this yuck that's in this animal over here, it's in us if we eat it. So that's why it's so important to understand the science behind the food and what we're doing to our animals. And you should know, too, um, I've been vegetarian. I've been vegan. I've done the whole thing. And, um, and you know, I, I am a science girl. I'm a data girl. And the data tells me that we're meat eaters. Some need more. Some need less. Depends on our genetics. But what I truly believe when it comes to our animals, that – we are, we, it is a necessity. We're here to serve them while they're here. We take care of them, we give them the right food and the right environment and all of the right things. We treat them with love and kindness because in the end, for a lot of them, they're serving us to keep us healthy. So that's that's why we need to, we gotta get away from these conventional methods, these conventional farming and ranching methods and start to um, treat our animals nicely because if we're treating our animals nicely, we're treating us nicely. It's just the way that it's supposed to be. It truly is. Um, so we're kind of coming to the end of our time. I think um, the other thing that I want to hit on will probably take us to uh, our, our 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 end <laughs> um, is gluten and why gluten is a problem. Um, and so gluten. So you know. There are a lot that's, that believe that, you know, gluten-free is a fad and I get it, you know, there's a there's a lack of understanding of the history and and what it means. We've been eating gluten and wheat for, you know, since almost the dawn of time, right? And then we started farming it and um, you know, so what has happened over, you know, since the, you know, uh, um, oh, turn of the century just before is the industrial revolution. That's what I was trying to say. It wasn't working for me. Um, but what's happened is we have um, scientists who have hybridized the wheat grain. And so hybridization, hybridization different from, um, uh, from genetic, genetic modification. So hybridization, hi, oh my goodness, my words. Hybridization is when you put two things that would actually come together in the wild. So you have two different types of wheat grains. They'll come together and they'll hybridize themselves. So this is a normal process. Genetic modification being if you put together, say, a salmon and a tomato. That would never actually happen in the wild. It's impossible, but that's what genetic modification does. So at this point, um, wheat is hybridized. I do believe they're working on genetic modification, but it's been a while since I've looked that up. Um, but what they've done with this hybridization, because the gluten is you know the sticky and the yummy and gooey and all of the good things about pastries and bread and pasta, right? is they've increased it. And I'm going to tell you, I don't remember the exact norm, the exact amount. I believe it's 300% of what the normal natural amount of gluten is that could be off. But I'm going to say it. Um, and so it's it's, you know, gluten, the molecule, has the ability to bypass the blood-brain barrier. So not a lot of things do that. So it hits the morphine receptors and so when we when we talk about we have to have our bread and we have to have our pasta that's kind of what's going on it's a chemical reaction essentially to the food that we're eating and what what gluten can so we have gluten being high in pesticides and herbicides bypassing the blood-brain barrier it also increases a chemical called zonulin so we were talking about leaky gut earlier where when zonulin goes up, the cells come apart. It's a regulatory molecule. So it's, it's natural, it's normal, it's supposed to happen, but it's not supposed to go up and stay up. And that's what we're seeing a lot of the time is inflammation, or is, you know, the, the zonulin stays up, the, the gut becomes leaky, or you might hear permeable, um, and then you have the immune response and, and so forth on into disease. And so there are lots of things that can increase zonulin. You get drugs and alcohol and, 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 and you know, I believe sugar um, but gluten is definitely one of those things and I tell you when I look at genetics of my clients you can see the potential it's remember the word potential is key word there but their potential toward gluten sensitivity and the entire time I've been practicing and, and doing looking at um, these genetic reports I've seen one person who didn't have a single snip to gluten one and my bet is It doesn't really matter because I think, hey, Teresa, Um, hey, Philip, I think that um, because of what gluten is, even if you don't have the SNPs, if you came to me and you had no SNPs for uh, gluten sensitivity, but you still had an autoimmune condition, I would tell you, you cannot eat gluten, period, because of the inflammatory, um, because it is so inflammatory. So um, I am at... Wow. 11 o'clock. I didn't hit much on dairy. I think the only thing that I'm going to say about dairy is conventional dairy is bad news. Um, The only dairy that might be beneficial for some people, depending on their genetics, depending on their health status, is going to be raw dairy. Um, So yogurt, not good unless you make it at home, right? So kefir, not good unless you're making it at home or it's coconut. Um, you know, we have to get away from milk feeding us calcium and protein because it, the processing degrades the product and it creates mucus and yuck in the body. And for those with autoimmune conditions, it is downright inflammatory. Even raw milk would not put anybody on any kind of milk with um, an inflammatory condition or uh, an inflammatory or autoimmune condition. So we just have to understand, um, you know, there are things that feed us really well and things that don't. Um, Milk is mostly not gonna feed us well. It's not gonna promote health or protect us. Gluten, same with gluten. One thing, real quick, um, going back to to gluten, here in the States is mostly where we have, we've messed up our gluten so terribly. If you go to Europe, most people, unless they have celiac, most people have the ability to, to eat it without a problem because they haven't hybridized their wheat. They have all heirloom grains. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, so, I'm going to stop with that. Uh, you can go to my website, nutrition.com, You can go to my Facebook page. I do a couple of Facebook lives on a regular basis: Real Raw Health and Functional Friday, first Friday of the month. Um, and then other things. There are lots of things going on that I'm uh, having my little fingers in and having some fun with. So, um, reach out if you have questions. If uh, you know if you're on the Facebook live, if you have questions, then uh, shoot them at me. If you have questions about anything, I'm always around. I'm here every other week on Thursday, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And um, we'll see if I'm alone again next week or in two weeks. I don't know. Things change really super quickly. So um, I hope everybody stay safe, stay warm, stay healthy. Um, Enjoy your family. Enjoy what you have now. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.